Oh, where's David? He's off, and he's getting on. Is he off, is it? No, he's off with the depression. Can't imagine what he's going to be depressed about. <laughs> I'm Sean McDonald and this is episode 23 of Blethered. You know that way when you meet new people and you're instantly impacted by their warmth or just generally how sound they are? That's what this conversation is. I spoke to Gregor and Fraser from Men Matter Scotland. It's a charity group based in Drumchapel that offers support to men in the local community and further afield in a multitude of different ways. We talk about all of them in this episode but they range from hill walking to litter collection in the local area to playing football and it's all with the ingrained intention of offering support to men in need. Now in the currently seemingly rampant mental health epidemic this group is both incredibly effective and exemplary in not only how they operate and what they give to people but with a genuine intention at the root of it it's fueled by love, kindness, compassion and consideration for other humans. I don't know about you, but I could learn a lot for these guys and they've definitely inspired me. I'll share their contact details both on Twitter and in the episode notes and if you think it's worthwhile, then pass this episode on to somebody who might need to hear it. As always, the conversation will continue over on my Flick chat group. The link for that is available on Twitter or else I'll send you it directly, just give me a shout for it. People are engaging with each other and it's a great way to chat with like-minded people with regards to topics like this because everybody's... You know, they're joining in a one big conversation, so Mon get involved. I hope you enjoy this, and once again, thanks to Gregor and Fraser from Men Matter Scotland, and a special mention to Peter as well. Lads, you're a bunch of legends with massive hearts. God bless you. So, as explained in the intro, I'm delighted to be joined by Gregor and Fraser from Men Matter Scotland. Lads, how are you? I know bad, mate. Feeling good. That's what feeling, be- feeling better than me anyway. I'd be <laughs> still taking his toll. Um, right, we're just going to get right into it. So, explain to me about the the group and kind of where, where the idea originated. Okay, well, basically, we up in Dumchapel, up in the north of Glasgow, um, there was a pilot project operating myself and one of the other founding members, Peter, um, in a professional capacity. We set up a sort of dad's group. The idea behind the dad's group was to sort of target young dads, isolated dads, maybe dads that just became dads and were sort of stressing weight and stuff. Um, and it was to get them all together, engaged, uh, and to have some positive activities today, positive, meaningful play with their, with their wains and stuff. So we set that up, we ran for about 13 weeks, and it was a great success. Uh, we got guys like Fraser on board and loads of men, loads of kids and families um, doing different stuff. So the funding came to the end, the end of the 13 weeks, and we had all this feedback for the guys, for different people saying there's a gap here. This, this, nothing like this has really existed before. Guys need this sort of network. Um, and then we, we got together, not just myself and Peter, but now we're a team, team of boys, uh, guys that have been attending. 
and we said this, this has to continue in some way how can we improve it so we basically looked at all the, all the, 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 the boxes we were ticking um, but we were get people out of the house uh, away from sort of negative things like just hanging about the bookies or the pub or whatever right. I mean doing some new things that maybe people would thought about doing but never the confidence meeting new people and uh, just improving your physical and mental health and stuff so we decided it's not just Daz that, that, that suffer from all these things uh, all these problems and needs a bit of help with them it's, uh, it's men in general so we decided to set up a men's group so we got together um, and we had a chat about what that would look like and we realised that we Things like the suicide rate, especially in the west of Scotland, but around the world, we men, um, lot of sort of just lots of negative issues, uh, a lot of, sort of stigma around guys' issues. Um, men no feeling necessary able to talk to anybody or no even having anybody to talk to. So we set up Men Matter Scotland in quite a basic format. We're all sort of volunteering our time, um, and that's where it really came from uh, for, for becoming a dad's group into a men's group. Magic. I, I would say that seems to me to be. A great idea because when you mentioned pubs and bookies, you know, if you're feeling a wee bit isolated or you don't have anybody to talk to, people they, t- they go into those types of habits, don't they? Or that type of recreational thing when it's just having like that adverse effect. Uh, Fraser, how did you end up getting involved with that then? Uh, Take my went to nursery and one of the dads that already went, he kept saying to me, I'm going to this dad's group. And through, I used to think, nah, I'm not going to that man. Some like fucking dafties, gays and that go there. I don't mean gays, but I know what you mean. That yeah. face you put on, but I yeah. used to think it was something else. I wasn't in. Yeah, eventually, I gave in and I went, and I enjoyed it. Greg and Peter and Gav were brand new. The Wayne's were getting to play, and my Wayne's behaviour started to get better. Uh, so I've got three Wayne's, but she's the oldest and she's hyperactive, and she's mental. But with the session, she was calming down. She was mixing uh-huh. with Wayne's. Uh, she was starting to eat her dinner, her lunch. She wasn't eating, she was fussy. But the guys put on lunch and that for the wings and we seen other wings eat it. She was copying, which mm-hmm. better for her. Uh, and as Gregor says, the funding ran out and I was like, what are we going to do, man? I was enjoying the group rest and got me out of the house. Because uh-huh. I've no mates where I've got hang about the street way or go to the pub way or go to the bookies. I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict and I choose to stay away from Just for those temptations? Aye, mate, aye. aye. Uh, and then we got chatting with the men's group and we just went, mate. That's the best thing we've done, I think. In terms of when funding started to become sparse, running out, what then, how how do you, how is it funded? Do people donate? Can people help? So what we basically realised is it didn't really take that much initially. It was really, it was like the simple things. It was a bit of a light bulb moment. Uh, for example... The benefits are just getting out and going a walk with a group of lads, not I mean you don't need any money, you do that. Aye. Um so basically I'll just run through what we do of a week. So on a Monday with a family walk with all the guys and their missus, their family members, the wains and all that get together, we walk around drum chapel, go to a park, um and have a laugh. Um we're getting out, we're meeting new people, new families engaging, um and we're getting fitter every week, not I mean. That doesn't cost a penny. We do a similar thing on a Tuesday, we go up into the hills. Uh, we've no ventured far as the camps yet but <laughs> we're up at Jaw Reservoir we're up at Humphrey um, in the evening with all the guys uh, that doesn't cost a penny do you know what I mean um, on a Wednesday we've got a litter pick which the guys get together uh, we clean up again, you really need to drive through Drum Chapel and you can see there's some areas Aye. that 
don't really look very well and I'm not really safe and clean so we, we get rid of that and we, we deal with it uh, we tidy it up that doesn't cost a penny either Thursday we play football apart from needing to um, de- be- uh, beg and borrow every day everything apart from steal get the resources a couple of nets and, and bibs and stuff doesn't cost it and, and we've got a talking group on a Sunday which is just guys we've got a free room that we get after mm. Chest Heart and Stroke Scotland so right now we're doing what we can we need money yeah. as volunteers um, so we're having conversations about if we do have funding what, so we can do so much more and help so many guys so many more guys a community initiative like this is something I mean that I'll definitely be tagging MPs or representatives and stuff to then listen to this because just for hearing that 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 week sounds amazing like I kind of want to come and get involved I mean Fraser how do you feel let's just say we'll, we'll kind of go, we'll talk about your life previously but how do you feel compared to what life used to be like and now the fact that you're having a positive impact on the community by cleaning it up that you're kind of you're exercising you're getting fresh air you're getting sunlight I mean how, what was life like then compared to now? Totally different man 360 life back then I, I didn't want to leave the house uh, I was taking drugs off a of carpet drink wherever I could get it from I was following my motor bank and stealing that money out of the account the day I don't need to do that stuff mm-hmm. as Gregor says he walks up the hills man helping other people helps me for my mental health uh, I had a guy at never had any shoes to come out with one pair of trainers uh, we bit into a wee bit of funding and got my pair of shoes and he's like that's amazing uh, him being out the house is helping his mental health uh-huh. and he shared his life he was just walking up the house and I could share back with him and it's helping each other you realise like once you start to share a wee bit you know you say something and somebody always goes aye me too and then they kind of share that you start reflecting the experiences and you realise oh I'm not the only one and just because you're not the only one doesn't mean it's easy but it becomes a wee bit easier to kind of process that and deal with it and I would say probably use him showing that kindness to him is likely going to have a knock on effect and a positive impact I mean what about some of the other can you think off the top of your head some of the other key cases or stories of how the group's benefited some, benefited uh, some people essentially I mean uh, a couple of maybe a, a month or so ago we had a public meeting in Drumchapel just to spread the word anybody could come along here but we're all about what our plans were um, and what we sort of the message that we were trying to articulate to, to the, the community and wider was that this may have started in a sort of professional capacity with me as a dad's worker and, and Peter as a, as a youth worker in the area but right now as, as men mark Scotland we're not any professionals are just guys mm-hmm. um, who are, our, our qualifications come from our lives our lived experiences Fraser's obviously had a different journey than I um, but I've similarly to Fraser have had my ups and downs and I've yeah. had to be able to um, bounce back and find some buoyancy in my life find some positive options and, and replace negative things and be positives so we've all got our own sort of life experiences some of it negative but with this platform as Men Matter allows us today is to use our negative experiences and turn them into a positive and show every man whether they've engaged with us or whether they're gone at some point that okay you may have bad experiences but you can turn that around you mm-hmm. can use that bad experiences to help someone else avoid it and that's part of this is like a an informal mentoring almost and there was a I can't remember who said it but it was a, a quote that I read that said that mentoring can save two lives the person giving the support has some meaning and the person receiving support obviously has been supported Aye, I would I completely agree with that I kind of phrase that runs through my head as if you feel you've got nothing then give as much as you can and uh, you know the more the, the more the more you give the more you have that's obviously very paradoxical but 
it's it's amazing. I'm absolutely loving just talking about this. T- tell me, Fraser, about let's talk about your early life because I think people listening, the, the, there will be people listening who will be able to identify or sort of relate to that. So let's talk about your early days. Like, where did you grow up? Springburn, mate. Are you okay? Uh, not far from here, then? Aye, I was the youngest of family of three, older brother, older sister. Uh, we didn't really stay in Springburn long, five or six years, and there was a lot of bullying. It wasn't just me who was getting bullied in the street, it was all the wee boys. Mm-hmm. I was an older boy doing the bullying who I see the day suffered from mental health issues. But I hate it, that cunt man. Uh, when I was older, I was always going to go back and fucking do them. Uh, we moved away, and life was good. We moved to Johnston. I don't know if you know what Renfrew Shire is. I don't know, aye. I've been yeah. aware, Glasgow and Renfrew Shire. So you know your way about it. Aye. Uh, and it was good up there for five, six years. It was like freedom. You could go out and play. There was a big grass part and we used to go to the monkeys. Uh, and then when I was nine or ten, I got a boy put to my throat for a set of football goals. And I didn't think any, at that time I shot myself. And that was an air resentment I picked up and I didn't even know what res- resentment went. Uh-huh. But I wanted to go and kill him. Uh, and that boy's did today due to drugs. Mm. Left to die in a coach and his clothes whipped off him. Uh, and I feel I feel sorry for my day I don't hate my day you know what I mean uh, but I picked up the drink at 14 and it was the feel part of I always felt different on my life I wasn't happy with who I was or what I looked like I used to be called the Milky Bar kid a big NHS specs if you remember them big mad <laughs> a big milk box uh, I mean, <laughs> and when I was a volunteer and I never ever used to go out and hang about I was always Introvert, is that the word? I am too, right? Yeah, I was always shy. But since I had to drink, that was me. I'd arrived. I had the confidence, the self esteem. I was not fear of any day. Uh, but within two and a half years, it was a problem for me. The stuff that made me feel better had to call that confidence in that way. And by the time I was 16 and a half, I've, I'm out of school, I was in behavioural school. I've been put out of that. I've got ADHD. Attention hyperactive decisive disorder, yeah. and I'm on tablets for that. My mum took his off him because I'm batting my mum, I'm batting the teachers. I just can't seem to control myself. But while I can't control myself, I want to behave and I couldn't, and I couldn't mm. understand how. But drinking drugs blocked all that out, blocked all the madness from my past out with the guys. And I had a good upbringing with my dad, he never drank, I took drugs and that, worked all the time, and gave us what we what they could uh, but as soon as I took drinking drugs I've got something in my body and a wee idea that's different for any normal drinker that will tell me I'll be different this time you'll not go and smash your house up mm-hmm. you'll know you'll come home tonight you'll not come home next week uh, and that overrode all my other thoughts that I had about coming home and that and then when I took it it's the a compulsion in my body that I've no control of the more I took the more I wanted See the time I'm 16 and a half. My mum, she doesn't want me at the house, but behind my back, she spoke to my brother. He stayed in Oban. I moved up to Oban, but I can't remember even getting there. I woke up in hospital in Oban with an overdose for ecstasy. Uh, and I was sitting screaming, my mum's at the dancing, and I'm lying here dying. And she wasn't, she was sitting next to me. She do 300 miles on that day, up and down, then back up again. Uh. The time I'm 19, I'm kind of just jumping on here. Uh, I'm homeless. I'm living in the streets. I'm stealing at a shop, bottles of vodka. I buy 10 bottles of cider. 
because uh, I knew that was not enough for me, that vodka. And that's just the way my life was. I had no pals by this time anymore. I didn't want to hang about with MD and nobody wanted to hang about with me because I was unpredictable in what I was going to do. I wasn't mental. I was just a self-harmer by this time. Uh, attempted suicide a few times in my life and I'm lucky I'm here today to tell that story. Mm-hmm. I've met that many nice guys now who are not here today and they've died been their dog a drink they've not attempted suicide you know what I mean they've just died uh, but aye that's when my life took me and it's been since I was 16 14 to 28 there until I got sober uh, I'm three year queen after I can drugs a day at right. a time uh, my life was just drinking drugs every day of the week you're a, a perfect example so I did a I did an episode a while back with a guy who first he worked as a police officer in Drumchapel, then he worked in behavioural schools as like a support worker, and now he's a prison officer in Berlin. So he's seen things go full cycle, you know, for that originating sort of uh, out in the streets or acting out or sort of misbehaving for, you know, to put it lightly, then ending up in the behavioural schools, you know, addiction and alcoholism kind of taking grip and then laterally going on to prison and then kind of just constantly in that cycle. And we discussed that if we showed a wee bit of compassion and instead of looking at somebody and, uh, and I, don't, I don't like to hear it but I think often I don't even want to, like, to admit that people do this but you see, let's just say somebody saw you uh, eight years ago and they would be like fucking just an alky just a, just a junkie no worth anything you've just described to me a, a root cause you know these these things that have happened in your life which at the time might not seem significant but they've obviously played a part in developing how your character's gone now we look at what's happened when you've had some you know people to lean on, people to talk to with this group. Um, you've you know you've had things to take part in, and now the positive impact that you're having in people's lives. You know it, we were talking as well about you can accrue all sorts of material things, watches, money, house, cars. But the only thing that really makes an impact or, or that really matters, I would say, in life is the impact that you have on other people. Oh, and I would say that then makes you the richest guy in the world. Um, the group is is absolutely incredible. I mean, what does it feel for you, like, to be able to have that that positive impact on people? <clears throat> Twofold, and we've spoken about this as a group before. It's it's we are always. I mean, what we're trying to create is a is a sort of safety net. But no, no, just that. It's about preventing mental health breakdown. It's preventing uh-huh. suicide. It's about preventing um, crisis. Um, and I don't know anybody that doesn't need that. So just like the guys that were asking to come to the group, me is, and, and, and as Fraser, as people that are involved in running the group, we get all the same benefits that the guys got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think I've lost a bit of stone <laughs> since I started the group, walking or the, or the running about. Um, uh, my local area's never been cleaner since, but I mean, I've moved into that street. Um, I've, I've made real... Uh, oh, beautiful connections I've met I've, I've met wonderful people and I've made amazing friends that I would never have met uh, if I hadn't been involved in this um, and to hear we we snippets of feedback for people that it's, uh, it's it's changed their attitudes towards themselves which in fold has changed their attitudes towards their lives their families uh, and to hear for family members that for example refer for some people that they would never have been in a photograph or they'd never have been out the house Aye. Uh, never mind being you know what I mean in a video on Facebook Aye. because they're out in a large pit to keep their community clean so I'm immensely proud of uh, every single person involved and I reap all the benefits um, that, that the guys do as well 
Uh, and again, that just having known that you, you have you've got people that you can turn to that are absolutely on the same wavelength for you mm-hmm. in terms of no being judgmental, being supportive. Um, and do you know what? It's, it, there's a bit of a stigma against this word that has been a man, but just being genuinely loving and and, nice and supportive and compassionate to people around about you. That's what people need, isn't it? A wee bit of love. Aye. Just just love, friendship. You know that that support and that lack of you know, judgmental nature is going to then encourage people to, to open up and make it feel safe for them to, to say that without that judgment and then that's setting the foundations for as you say the reverberations and the, the residual impact that that then has on your family and then somebody, it just it, it, for those wee things they've just got this knock on, this ripple effect that just just goes for ages um, what kind of plans do you have like going forward? Because I mean, are you going to just maintain things as they are, or do you have any plans to sort of expand it? So right now, uh, like I said earlier, we are providing what five days or five activities a week um, as volunteers in our spare time with minimal funding. What we're doing is we've applied <coughs> for charity status as a, right. as a scale with, with Oscar, the char- charity regulator. Um, and if they're listening, we would gently ask that they hurry up. <laughs> and so we're, we're waiting for an email or a letter to say that, boom, there you go, you've got charity status. Now, once we've got that, that will allow us to make um, sort of quite substantial funding, applications uh-huh. funding bids. One of the, the things one of the things we want to get to quite quickly is to have a premises or somewhere we can let a safe space where, unlike it because of the pub, guys, if they decide that they don't want to hang about those or frequent those places anymore, mm-hmm. they want to step about with it. They've got another option rather than the four walls in their house. They've uh, got a positive space, like a, it's a guy's man cave, a positive man cave. We need that, don't Come we? In, I mean, get a game of pool, get my darts, like some tune zone, uh, and be around just a positive vibe. Uh-huh. So we need a space like that, ideally in Drumchapel, where we're operating mainly from right now. Um, so that's the first, that's one of the main things we're going to look at. Uh, charity, status, and then obviously we're going to look at um, how we can uh, access, access more guys. Um, uh, so I, we're looking at a drop-in model as well once we have a space um, aye and that's what we're looking at now and developing roles as far as how we how we manage it going on I would point out at this stage if there's anybody listening who feels that they could step in and help with any of this in terms of premises or anything else that we're chatting about then please get in touch and I would also say particularly if you're in the local area share this you know there's people who might need to hear this you might know about them Um you know, point them in the, the direction of this group because, as, you, as you've no doubt heard as you're sitting listening to this, the, the impact that this is having on the lives of people is absolutely monumental. And it seems to me like you're only just getting started. Um, I need to Cheers, mate. We've no just helped men that we've set out to help. We've got a young boy, 14 year old, who was put forward to us and he hadn't been to school in a year due to bullying and stuff like that. And now he's back at school. No full time, but one day a week, maybe two days a week, he comes to our football session, sometimes a hill walking session, and it gets him out. And he's mixing with guys, but he's given confidence in that, he taught, right. and you've seen him grow on the part. If he's not talking down, they're not shouting for the bar, he's shouting at you. He's that bar. <laughs> yeah. <Aye. laughs> uh, and the local, not the local young team, but a couple of young boys that I know for a fact, hanging about the part and drinking, smoking that. Uh-huh. On a Thursday, they're doing playing football as an hour. We let them, and it gives them that two years of keeping that, keeping that shape, man. Aye. You know what I mean? That's what kept me out of trouble because growing up, it would be very easy to fall into. I know a lot of people who fell into madness. I had football every day, Monday to Friday. I'd train every night, and then a Saturday had a game, and a Sunday had a game. And I think that's what kept me in them. When I got to like 16, 17, I was like, 
Nah, I'd rather just keep playing football anyway. I didn't really start drinking till I was 17. I mean, I've made up for it right enough like, since then. But, um, one kind of thing I wanted to touch on, which I was hoping that other people would have maybe picked up on as well, is you said people that were bad bastards to you in the past that you no longer felt any hate or resentment towards them because you've recognised that they probably had their own shit going on. Do you, has, the, has the group brought that compassion out in you, like understanding that there is a, a reason for most behaviours? Aye, it's, yeah, it's the group's helping you see that most guys suffer from some sort of mental health issue, see whether it's due to their upbringing. And when you're younger, you don't look at, oh, his house might be fucking mad. His right. house might have alcoholism or addiction dripping through the walls or uh-huh. abuse dripping through the walls and that's how they're acting out and the way they're acting Aye. so that's not my eyes to go maybe that was up with that boy uh, but I can forgive people today uh-huh. and move on because if I don't it's not just no good for them it's no good for me uh, you're holding that, that I need that to love it in my head mate and I would rather know Aye, that's, uh, we talked about that, that the episode I had with the prison officer um, if you're listening if you've not heard that it was a very interesting Frank McEwen it was a good laugh as well um, and we talked about like I'd be in school and there'd be some boy being about punching people or just and I'd be like you're a pure dick I wish you'd get expelled or something you're such a wank looking back I feel awful because I'm like that boy fuck like, his life was absolutely shocking like, no wonder he was pure angry and what to fight with everybody all the time absolutely I mean um, the research that's coming in now um, with, with ACE's child, uh, adverse childhood experiences um, that seems to be like the underlying sort of factor just about every single male in, in prison in Scotland or in the UK or the world has had some form of adver- adversity in their childhood mm-hmm. and, and the research shows that adversity can be can be a good thing uh, with, with like a certain amount because it can help us sort of overcome challenges but too much can just fry our systems um, and especially at a crucial age growing up if we've got adversity if, if people if people are trying to kick your door in or people are threatening your, your safety your life um, that puts your body into obviously fight or flight mode. and if you're in that that position that you're in that feeling for so long you're not going to be concentrating you're not going to be able to, to look after yourself or be nice to yourself or be nice to other people and it becomes a confusing murky situation do you know you know the guy Loki yep. is it Dan McGarvey is that his name yep. he, I listened to a podcast with him with Russell Brand and he was talking about communication through violence as well and that's just how they learn because to me I didn't grow up in a place with violence so to me I find it mental when somebody's first thought is you're getting a crack right in the jaw I mean we've all been in fights and all that but he can explain that really well but that's just how he, these young people as, as they're growing up in that formative period of their life seeing, seeing that violence another thing I kind of thought as well which I just loved when you're saying the young boy at 14 I mean it's one thing to to be a support for people who've been there done it and then now you know that formative part of their life is gone for that wee guy to be around positive kind, caring, compassionate, open, expressive people. I mean, imagine the impact that's going to have on him. Like, that's turning him around by the sounds of it. I mean, that's the aim, man. Give him his best life, childhood is he, that he can have, man, going into adulthood. Because yeah, just for me, I don't want him to suffer the way I suffered. Uh-huh. And it doesn't need to just be the night of drugs, it could be the bullying that uh-huh. we suffered, you know what I mean? So it's trying to change that and say, look, there is decent people out here and we're here. Absolutely, and I would expand on that. I mean, most young people, you, most parents know this, you can tell young people what to do, but that's not how they learn. They learn through learn behaviour, they learn through watching. Aye. And if, if a young boy's not got any 
positive male role models in our life they've only got negative ones and the behaviours that those negative male role models are setting off is violence and you know what I mean and uh, abuse mm-hmm. then they're picking up that's normal behaviour and that's how you behave and another thing as well is like it's trying to unstitch the, the stitching of, of sort of negative behaviour with some boys we've spoke before about how um, sort of aggressive men or growly men or scared men do you know what I mean because they're, they're, they're trying to stop anybody getting come, them, in, come into their, their, their safe zone do you know what I mean and that's something that's come up through our talking group is, is how people's sort of their own protection is sort of starting to fade a wee bit and they're starting to do you know what um, gain themselves a liberation just to be who they are and um, being authentic Aye. to themselves that's really important because um, we, we sort of as child, children we sort of are told who we are and we sort of believe that story mm-hmm. uh, but we get to a point in life where we realise we can we rewrite some of those chapters and I think we're trying to help people do that and it sounds absolutely an incredible job in terms of have you had any feedback for the wider community that are involved because surely they must be seeing that positive impact to the clean ups and, and maybe um, a reduction in antisocial behaviour I mean sorry we're jumping in there uh, we have uh, oh, we've had people messaging the page, uh, Gregor's an admin, I'm not, but we get to see whatever these messaging. Uh-huh. I've had people messaging asking if a certain place can get tidied up, and we're going there. And see when we've got to do this, we're removing like needles, dirty syringes, uh, drug kits, and that. And it's right where, where Wayne's play. Uh-huh. We've took two and a half grand of drugs off the streets of Drum Chapel, just lying about. And if a wing gets that or an animal gets that, that'll be bad consequences. Aye. But we've had, there's a guy in the community, he came to a public meeting, Tony Crawford, uh, and he's, he just came to see what it was all about and see now he's buzzing, he's a user some group. And it's not about us, it's just about helping other guys. Uh, we've had a, a lassie who sees what we're doing in the community and believes in us, and she won a bottle of Free a bottle of whiskey and she raffled it half and made a donation to us uh, so as we can help other people. So people are noticing. My sister, sorry, sorry Gregor, <laughs> my sister for one, her two boys, one's autistic and one suffers from bad anxiety. Uh, and through all their life, they've seen my drinking, my drugging. I used to get known as junkie, you know what I mean? That's what they'd call me. See, the day they're up with men, Matter Dean, Lutter Picks, Hull Walks, uh, their confidences came on. The one with autism never left his room. He just played his computer. And the one with anxiety is too fear to get the door. He comes to our Sunday talking group and sits and openly talks about stuff Brilliant. and he doesn't speak about MDLs. It's um it's such a positive it's one thing to be a you know, a an example of positivity and good good actions and good behaviour and good living, but also that turnaround. That if you can have such a monumental turnaround, somebody who's Obviously, anxiety is a monumental, monumental thing and stuff, but somewhat lesser, you could maybe argue, than having to turn your entire life around that way. If they're seeing that positive example for you, that's it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, let's say there's people listening to this for the local community or further afield. How do they first of all get in touch with you? Where's the best channels to get you? Okay, okay. So our Facebook page or Twitter page, um, if you message them directly, some don't get back to you. Um, what's what's the couple use? of so on, on Facebook we're uh, at Men Matter Scotland right. and on Twitter we're at Men Scotland 
Um, so if anybody wants to contact them directly, we'll, we'll get back in touch with them. Um, we've also got on our Facebook platform a members only section, which is sort of a confidential space where people that have attended each session can come get to you know each other. We understand as well that the biggest step to engaging in something fresh is the first step, and it can be a whole mountain in itself to climb. So if people are looking for a wee bit of, sort of gentle guidance and want maybe wanting us to come out and meet them mm-hmm. somewhere where they feel comfortable, explain a wee bit more about what's what to expect and even accompany them in any of the sessions that's something mm-hmm. we're completely prepared to do on top of that um, if they wish they can just rock up uh, in the community uh, we put out uh, where we're doing each of the sessions with the, the, the meeting point and the timers etc and people can just show up and introduce themselves there um, whatever they feel more comfortable with fantastic and if there's anybody else in say like a, another area that would like to replicate the sort of model of what you've done there's a guy Neil Renton uh, alright Neil if you're listening and he is involved with the changing room which is a a similar type of group based through I think kind of primarily east coast like Edinburgh so let's say people listen to this in other parts of Scotland or the UK you know are they welcome to get in touch with you just for a sort of wee chat about how you kind of got started in your framework and all that kind of thing absolutely 100% um, we are we see ourselves as trying to complement as many other existing sort of support networks for mm-hmm. guys as possible, and we'd be happy to talk to anybody that had a similar objective. Definitely, I would say that anybody listening to this is surely under absolutely no doubt or illusions that it's something that that should be backed. Um, I would encourage you if you're listening to this, whoever who, do you know who the local representatives are like in terms of MPs or MSP? Um, so I believe it's. Carol Monaghan is their MP. Uh, I believe there's um, Elizabeth Kerr, uh, Paul Kerry, and uh, that's the only ones I can uh, remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'd <laughs> struggle to tell you the MSP for, for <laughs> here or thereafter. Um, I'd say then, if you're listening, if you think this is a, a really positive um, and worthwhile cause, which I know you absolutely do, and you want to pitch in, or you think, I'd like to help that, tag tag those people I'll confirm who they are right tag them and tell them to listen to it and tell them to you know to, to, to listen in on what is in, in you know their constituency and what is having such a positive impact and to get behind it because you know you need that don't you that sort of official support and funding in order to keep these things going but it's um, it's, it's incredible and I think I'd like to hear for you Fraser now what's life with your kids you know how, how is it Aye mate, uh, it's not always... Big, I'll just say a big smile just came <laughs> right across your face, so... Aye, because it's brilliant, in my way, I love film movies, uh, and it's not always fucking easy. No. Sometimes I like to fling them off the wall, <laughs> but I can see that, but... I, I, I think there's a lot of parents who'll be like, I fucking know mate, I know. <laughs> that's the way you feel, but I go to my work at six in the morning, and my four-year-old's dangling off my head, greeting, Dad, Dad, don't go to work, and that just, I don't know what it falls me, love, pride knowing that there's somebody there that loves me, that needs me. Relies on uh, you, eh? Aye, and I've got three wins under four. I've got one at four, one at two, and one at seven months. And thank God I had them. Well, my partner had them when she had them, because if it was back in the day, aye. they would have grown up, messed up, fucked up, you know what I mean? Because I can't uh-huh. take care of myself, but I can be there the day. And as Gregor says, me and my, see if I've got something going on in my house, and if you look at Gregor's phone record, it's him like a sit phone call <laughs> our big Peter I'm just constantly on the phone she's damn it and her this is damn it but I mate the Wayne's behaviour's getting better uh, so I am happy 
where am I in life now? Let's say there's somebody that's listening and they're uh, fighting with their partner or the kids are doing their nothing or work's getting on top of them. Let's just say they don't have a group to go to. What kind of advice would you give them in terms of what can they do daily just to make things a bit easier? I'm not saying to cure anything so I don't want anybody to get take on to that and think I'm saying go for a walk and you're sorted. Nah. But what what would be your sort of go-to daily things that you would do? Go for a walk, as you said, uh, yeah. aye. Uh, maybe no fan, maybe around the block. Listen to this podcast. Uh, aye. <laughs> uh, listen to music, go and play football with the boys. I get a lot of I'm not going to say this too much, but I get a lot of my anger out in the pit. Oh, so I can, do I. I can shout, you know what I mean? I'm Aye. not shouting at people, but come back here, there. See the time I get home, I'm knackered. And see just, we work. I work part-time now, 16 hours, but it's something full-time because I've got men and ah. So see if we, a Monday morning, and I'm not drunk here, to Monday morning to a Thursday night, I'm constant, and I'll get a shout out to my missus and all because she hardly sees me. And near does my veins, but I try and take my oldest vein everywhere I go. I take her on the men's walk up the hills. She's probably done about 20 miles when she's four year old. Probably. Maybe on her shoulders and that, but she does walk most of the way. But I get out, get phone numbers, and talk to people. You know what I mean? talk, talking is uh, a talking. really important thing, isn't it? It's, um, I know this is a kind of umbrella statement, but women are really good at speaking to each other you know, and they'll sit with each other like I like it sometimes if you have a breakup and women go and do all their stuff and they I don't know they have a mad sleepover I, I, I'm just <laughs> guessing what they whereas guys kind of go a bit introverted and then you kind of bottle it up and it's the same with kind of other things you're like oh well what good what day but I, I personally find that because I had a terrible month last month and I found that if, when I kind of said to somebody I feel terrible and I kind of wanted to just let it out then I kind of felt better it was almost as if I was carrying about a big water tank and it was pure heavy and hard to carry and hard to manage and it was weighing me down and then I just kind of opened it let it gush out and then was like I feel better because I've expressed that I mean that's is how popular are the, are the groups where people come into chat like is it on a Sunday you do that it's on a Sunday between 3 and 5 at Drumchapel Shopping Centre it's a big charity show in there Chest Heart and Stroke Scotland and they've been kind enough to give us free use of their community room at the back. Right. So it's a safe, confidential space that we've got there to have that session. I people, um, I think there's a couple of sort of dimensions to it. People obviously get the benefits of coming in and just dumping what's on their chest, getting it off their mind, just speaking, getting all the shit out and just leaving it there. What's said in that room stays in that room. So at that time, that can, that can release a wee bit of pressure. But what we've heard is even just knowing that that's there on a Sunday, so it could be a Thursday night and you're going off your nut, but knowing... You've, you've got to have a space where you can, uh-huh. you can fucking get some validation that you're not going off your nut. Um, it's keeping people going as well. Um, talking and sharing with people is, is the number one advice I'd give. Um, but the right, the right people, uh-huh. um, I would say, approach people who uh, are, are loving and kind and supportive um, and, and want, to, want to help you. Um, a lot of people find it difficult to approach people in that, that they know because they feel that they're emotionally burdening them. Um, I would say that most of the people I spoke to that have had experiences like that have um, maybe felt a wee bit, uh, maybe felt a wee bit uh, scared or nervous when people are sharing that they're mm-hmm. at a wit's end. But you just using your ears is all you need to do. It's just listen and Aye. somebody offload. Um, so the Sunday groups are an absolute belter for us. Aye, isn't it? And it's not just guys with Drum Chapel. Come. We've got boys with outside Drum Chapel, Scotston, White Inge. 
we've got boys for green up to come play football brilliant so it's it with so it's I mean a lot of suicides it's a, it's a tough one to talk about I, I don't feel that we often actually dissect it I feel like my interpretation of it is the most time is people just can't cope with that pressure whatever that internal pressure is and here's a group where you can you can come and release it um, let's say there's, there's somebody listening right now the two, and the two of you let's say they, they don't have this and they need it they're a wee bit scared do me a favour and just give them a wee, a wee two second invitation or what would you say to them in terms of to encourage them to come I would say go on a Facebook page make that step beat that fear messages one is we'll come out and meet you if you don't want to come to the session yourself uh-huh. uh, or we'll send you a number and we'll have a chat on the phone and go for there because it's all about beating that initial fear that guy I was telling you about that we got the walking shoes uh-huh. see for weeks he was saying to us I'll come out I'll come out I'll come out and I knew it was fear it was holding back uh, coming into a group of people because I've been like my uh-huh. and I've done it I've been there and we eventually got him out and see you now he's like bang this is brilliant he sent a message to the page a big paragraph like that it's brilliant it's changed right. my life and we're changing my life it's changing my wayne's life and for us to hear that we feel good knowing that he feels good mm-hmm. you know what I mean so come on board man you're, you're very much welcome um, the thing I was kind of kind of round up on and my mind went blank because I was just loving what you were saying there <laughs> um, I, I, that's what I was going to say that if you're the person listening who's got that wee bit of angst and or what if, what if this, what if that? There's nobody, or there's plenty of people in this group who, who were once who you were, or who were once where you are. So uh, there's nothing to nothing to fear. Um, I can now share all the all the contact details in the notes. So if you're listening, you would like to get in touch. Then as as the lads have said, you can do that confidentially. You can do that whenever you want. Is there anything you want to kind of add in or anything you want to get across just as we round up? I'm going to fling you a suit here. Uh, maybe shouldn't I? I don't know. Because this is on you and me doing this stuff. We're doing a firewalk on the 18th of August. Right, okay. If anybody wants to face a fear and walk a, walk a hot coals and help raise money for Men Matter, to help us put other stuff on for guys or get a building or something, you're more than welcome to come along. Fantastic. So there's your invitation if you want to come to that. I'll just say a big thank you to our people that have helped us so far with, uh, with local organisations like the G15 Youth Project, um, like Chest Heart and Stroke, uh, like Thriving Places um, and, and, a, and a few others, obviously Headstone and Fireworks Scotland. But I um, I just want to thank you personally for, for uh, giving us a, the space to come and talk to you today, mate. Cheers, mate. Pleasure, pleasure's absolutely all mine. I've just realised what an absolute dick I've been. I've no offers a tea, a coffee, I just saw. So do that right now. I'll get the biscuits <laughs> what a terrible host by the way I'll get a kick now I should You're get a right. kick now for that we're sharing a bottle of water <laughs> <laughs> straight who work for six is man oh right. no right. I'll, go, I'll go and get that dealt with right now <laughs> to you anybody that's listening thanks for listening as I say remember please if you, you, you can tag any of the groups or any of the individuals because that's what the group thrives on in that support thanks for listening
Somebody, somebody. 